0: It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles,
1: the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDEV Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan.
2: Loud Pipes episode 27, and yes, it is the anniversary show, finally. Mr. Hogan, can you believe it? Oh my god, a year has gone by, my friend. A whole year has passed us by. And let's not forget our technical director, Mr. John Merkel, how are you, buddy? Doing good this evening,
3: Real, real good weekend so far, and this should be a fun show.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Not exactly what we had planned, we sort of had all these grand visions of Getting together live and all that stuff, but we'll just use the power of technology to bring us all together and we'll have some fun this evening. So, here's our plan Uh, we're going to take a trip down memory lane and we're going to relive some of our moments from our first full year of Loud Pipes. And what we've done is we've invited some guests from past episodes to join us um, via sort of phone interview. And before you go running off, this is not all just going to be a rehash sort of celebration. We do have some new content here. So, Stick around for those interviews. They're um, not to be missed if you've enjoyed uh, any of the first 26 episodes. John, I know you don't ride, but anything uh, exciting going on that you want to chat about? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So, uh, as you know, we've talked about in the past about my um, car experience. Well, something happened on that front.
2: Ooh, all right. What? Oh, Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Well, hold on to that. We might get to that towards the end of the show.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a good talk, so we'll see how tonight's goes and see if we can squeeze it in.
2: Awesome. Nice. All right, so I have two surprises for the guys to help me out. So uh, Rico and I have been doing this for all 26 episodes, and John came in, I forget which one, somewhere after the first of the year, maybe, or right around the first of the year.
3: Yeah, New Year's show time frame, yeah, that's when I snuck in here and yeah. started helping out
2: and... So, yeah, I've got two two quick little surprises. And let me see if I can send this real quick. It's not, it's not anything huge, but I got a couple of new trinkets for the boys. So let me text that over to them and they can sort of describe what they're looking at. Since, of course, we're not all in the same room. And this is making great radio, I realize. Yes,
1: it is. <laughs> to describe this to the listeners, we are waiting for this
2: imaginary <laughs> text to come through. <laughs> yes, Rico, a little theater of the mind with... <laughs> My hammering on the keyboard and waiting for the bits to traverse the tunnel. Rich
1: goes clickety-clank. <laughs> it's like a kid's book. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, and here it comes.
2: Oh. So describe what you're looking at there, Mr. Miracle.
3: So I uh, uh, got a new T-shirt with the Loud Pipes logo on the front. And on the back, it's, uh has technical director. <laughs>
2: Loudpipes.net. Thank you, man. And we're changing up the color, so we're all wearing the black ones tonight. Uh, we did these we did a Teespring campaign about nine months ago, and some of these came from VistaPrint, but we're doing these in a light ash gray, so changing it up a little bit.
3: Nice, nice. Was that uh was that the new logo Natalie gave you or the same logo?
2: Same one, yep. Actually it's all the same design. I just got funny with the back of the shirt. Nice, thank you, sir. You're welcome. And Mr. Hogan, anything on the back of your shirt? Uh, I, I just got the technical director. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the second one?
3: <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> wait for the bits to come through there, Rico. Okay.
2: Your kids have got to get off the internet so you can get some bandwidth. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So, Pila There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, for anyone who's not listened to the prior episodes, we got this funny little sound bit. And, of course, I don't have the tablet set up tonight, but I think I have it. <laughs> yeah, so at the end of one episode, we do our usual sign-off, and Rico just belts out this Shompila. And we have no idea what it is. I'm not sure he knows what it is, but now it's in every show. The kids love the it. The kids love it. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's on your shirt. <laughs> what, does
1: what does it mean? What does
2: it mean? It's a mystery. It gets the, it gets the people going.
1: <laughs> what's, that, what's that song What he was talking about? Um, oh, what was it? I can't think of it. But they they said this word. What's that mean? I don't know, but it gets it it Gets the going. crowd going. No, it, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. All right, well, I've got uh, I've got one more. So to I guess if I get a little serious now. So to kick off sort of officially kick off our celebration, um I've been working on a an audio montage, if you will, of the show from the past year and well, let's just say it's taken a long time to do it. A lot longer than I expected. So I'm about ten episodes, eight to ten episodes into it, so I'm going to play for you guys the first five minutes. Sweet. All right. So here's my second surprise. The Loud Pipes, episode one. Wow. I got to take another sip. So far, my favorite is by far the R6. Looking
1: forward to the uh, 2005 to come out.
2: Now, a long ride for me this year ended up being about 1,200 miles. He caught me in a sip again. <laughs>
1: So, just to let you know, there's 318 turns in 11 miles doing the Dragon Tail.
2: You know, when I look at the fairing, it's just like this big hole.
1: Compartments for your luggage. I mean, this is basically <laughs> a house on wheels.
2: God's sakes, a radio on the motorcycle. Good evening,
1: everybody. Doing well.
2: A V twin, at least, but, you know, it was a riding tractor. I did get a game of golf in, of course. Our first segment that we'll have tonight is called the U turn.
1: Right, so you got your back tire on, you said?
2: Um, hope that, uh, hope that makes you happy there.
1: <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh,
2: we wanted to give some, some proper attention to the Indian Scout. You know, the, the engine, the torque. You know, all things that, that you're going to touch on here in a moment. Sport bike, almost like a sport bike. I think you're in agreement with me on that one as well. Even with the electronic fuel injection and all that. Well, you know what? It's not electric. So moving on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> This is Loud Pipes Episode 3, where we talk about our ride of Harley Davidson's Project Livewire. That sounds scrum dillyumptious, let me tell you. Pumpkin already? It's still 100 degrees. Bruh. Are you
1: crazy? (laughs) It's cold. (laughs) Wait, let let me say that again. It was 43 (laughs) degrees this morning.
2: And rode Harley Davidson's Livewire. Mm hmm. Mm. What? What? Oh, that was awesome. You would think you want to ride it and see what it feels
1: like, you know, because I'm trying to train my wife.
2: So any anything else you rode this weekend that you might want to put money down on? I went down to the dealership as soon as I saw it with my checkbook, and I just about dropped the darn thing. Oh, shut up. Cause
1: well, you know, you can always go down there. To
2: the, uh, the sound is intoxicating. It gets in your blood. And the bike was ready to go wherever I wanted to point it. Why is it that important to say I love you too? This is Loud Pipes Episode 4.
1: Moving on up.
2: Not familiar with that one, but you seem yeah, to be the to pumpkin uh, aficionado. Guess the alcohol content in this beer. Mm.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. 8.6%. I did like the Batwing. It's the Road Glide I don't like. But, you know, don't knock until you try it type of thing come out.
2: So I think what I'm hearing is next time we go riding, you're carrying all my stuff.
1: Yeah, that was a nice ride.
2: Uh, it's another thing. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Tooling around, you're not going to do more than 100 miles anyway. What if I told you this thing does 0 to 60 in 3.2? Oh my goodness. <laughs> huh? You that? like that?
0: You are listening to Loud Pipes on R Dub Studios. This is episode 5.
1: Enjoy!
2: So we got to get into our beers as usual, so we don't want to get yelled at by my buddy John, so. Really? Is it exploding in your mouth as you drink it? (laughs) You can just say, I don't know. I'm not going to hold it against you.
1: So the Hangs Hangs tagless shirts, yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) Couldn't get that out for some reason. So. See, and that's why I have you do the notes, because I would have forgotten. And doing it on a motorcycle. You know, more fun, more hip. Getting used to uh, sitting on a bike on your tippy toes is one (laughs) thing, though. That's for guys like me that that aren't used to all that power, and I just grab a handful and zip. No, no, you're going to get on it. Ghost Rider, yep. Ghost right.
1: Rider. <laughs> yep. Put your toe in the water as far as
2: electric. I'm more into that style if I'm going to get this kind of thing. Episode 6 of Loud Pipes. Finally getting into the groove of Pumpkin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, you know, it's getting close to December. Sam Manium.
2: Our beloved Indian Scout.
1: Yeah, and it sounded really nice.
2: Sound is hard to tell, right? I, I got to hear one with maybe a set of bands and Hines or something, but... Yes, I action forward,
1: up, back up. It's down here somewhere.
2: <laughs> you look good on that bike. I'm in trouble. This harvest time is good.
1: Hell <laughs> yeah, yeah, tunes. I got tunes coming from this header that's pointing right at your nuts.
2: I mean, I can totally get into something like this.
1: You know, while in Vegas, you want to kind of do as much as you can.
2: And what did you have for a helmet?
1: You know, the ride was, You know, I, I wanted to ride longer. You know, we.
2: You know, I want to run down the road and have a slice and come back.
1: On want a different bike altogether, then definitely go we Indian.
2: Cool-looking baggers, too, from Victory that I want to check out.
1: Get out and ride all the different types of bikes that are out.
2: Uh, Pipes, episode seven.
1: Doing marvelous this evening, my friend.
2: If all goes well, we're going to get together in person.
1: We had some time to really soak it in.
2: Our visit to the Charlotte International Auto Show.
1: Oh, the old school rides, right?
2: And we also took a peek at the little one.
1: Yeah, for me, I got I got the F-150 Harley Davidson Edition. And,
2: the engine on this, as I understand, is lifted right out of their their GT4 race car.
1: Come on, you can afford it.
2: Ungodly, what, $350,000 Ferrari?
1: I guess I never really paid attention to that car.
2: If you want like 15 or 20, you know, we'll throw a trailer in the back. Wow. They've been uh, churning out the bikes for a while.
1: I guess so. I wonder where they're putting them all.
2: You know, don't knock until you try it, like you said. Right.
1: You know, trying to bag that thing up. Holy cow.
2: The first thing to go for me is, is the fingers.
1: But it's not in Charlotteson
2: Long Beach. Well it will be in Charlotte. Sure. So what'd you think? That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome.
3: Nice job, man.
2: I don't know how that's gonna come through uh either on Meerkat or in the um in the podcast, but I'm telling you, going back, listening to all the prior episodes, as I'm coming forward. I'm just dying laughing like I get to those same bits again and I'm just yeah I was doing some of it last night in bed and I, I just get to a certain point and i burst out laughing and my wife just looks over at me <laughs> and I'm like I'm not even gonna begin to explain this to you because it's not gonna make any sense she's like I'm going to bed I'm gonna sleep
1: <laughs> oh my goodness yeah yeah mm. oh my god yeah i still laugh at a lot of those spots that you were just mentioning just hilarious uh yeah. moments of time that you know you just be able to uh, you can't even talk to be able to re- replay and enjoy again
2: and again and isn't it amazing how you can hear just a couple of words and you i know i knew exactly like which episode i knew where we were in the conversation it's yeah, I don't know if that'll come through yeah. to the listeners, but man, just all I needed was a couple of words. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was Livewire. You know, that was the mm-hmm. Charlotte Auto Show, and it mm-hmm. was so cool. Yeah.
1: You didn't find any of uh, John, though, I see.
2: Well, that's what I was saying. So, John started after that. So, I'm I'm uh-huh. only through, that was only through, like, episode eight. Okay. So, I'm going to do all 26, um, and it would probably be about 30 minutes, because I think that all in was... Uh, what was that time-wise? I don't know. It was like, uh, seven minutes, six minutes.
1: Wow. And you had to listen to the entire episode to grab those snippets out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, most of it. So I, I kind of knew where some of the good stuff was, so I could sort of play the beginning. You know, there's a lot of good stuff in the beginning, banter, as usual, a lot of funny stuff. And then I could just catch the transitions because I knew like if you were talking for a long period of time and I was going to say something ridiculous, it would come right after that. <laughs> Uh-huh. So it wasn't too bad. That, that first part was probably about six hours of, you know, of editing all in. Editing? Cool, cool.
1: Hey, you know what? 14 minutes in, and we didn't talk about
2: what kind of beer we're drinking tonight. Oh, yeah. So a little throwback to what we used to do, and we're all going to, of course, we're celebrating and hanging out. So what, uh, what are you drinking, Rico?
1: I'm drinking a um, UFO pumpkin ale tonight, unfiltered.
2: Nice harpoon, harpoon in the house.
1: Yes, sir. And it's really, really, good. I really good, I must say. I was going to say, that's it?
2: On- you're just going to give me the name and drop it?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's it. I got two on deck. Oh, that was John. John, you, you're next.
1: I got
3: a Sweet Josie. Sweet Josie? Yeah, by Lone Rider.
2: Lone Rider. Nice. Oh, that's the wheat, right? Oh, no, Shotgun Betty is the wheat.
1: It's a brown ale. A brown ale, okay. Ah, oh, very nice, John. What you in a can,
2: well, Rico? I hit- in a can, no doubt. It's you in a can. So, John, you're drinking a brown ale. So, for for the audience who doesn't know, John never drinks beer. I mean, he may drink a little hard liquor. He may have some spirits, but <laughs> yes. or even not not what are those things like like the twisted teas and that kind of thing. But
3: oh, I had one the other day and it was nasty. Yeah, oh. He is
2: not. He's not a beer drinker. So, I had John drinking a beer. That's that warms my heart, man. Epic, that's epic.
3: It's um, it's kind of a sad thing. Is that I don't. It has to be hidden. Has to be a smooth beer. Mm. The other thing I've realized is depends on the beer. I have allergies, and I when I drink the beer, sometimes my allergies act up, hmm. which I don't know why.
2: Well, hopefully, you can you hold it together for like another hour.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I should be okay. Those are bad allergies to have, by the way. Yeah. Beer allergies.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think it's since it's a lot of the allergies is with grass and, and everything, and, you know, it's and beers, barley and yeah. wheat. And I think just all that just betrays and hits my allergies. Which uh-huh. is kind of, that's the only thing I can come up to a conclusion about.
2: All right. Well, Rico, cool. I hate to do this to you, but you know what's coming, yeah. right? Yeah. Do, no, do, I do, don't know do, what's do, coming. Do, no, do,
1: I do. Do. no, 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 us no, go get. No.
2: The OMB copper. Say no more.
3: You know, Rico, if our plans came true, you could have been drinking one right
2: now. I know. Don't. Come on I now. I'll just pull
1: the keg up next to me and just put my straw inside of it and just go to town. Yeah, the,
2: the keg is probably, if I walk that way. I don't know. What what is that, John? Maybe fifteen feet to the corner, out into the main area. Let's call it twenty feet. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Twenty feet. <laughs>
2: yep. You, you if, saw, he, if you listen closely, you can hear the kegerator running. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's just rubbing it in, Rico. Rubbing I it know you. Because
2: that's one that's one sound of noise I'm not gonna shut off during the show is I'm not taking the kegerator down. Oh yeah,
1: that would be bad rich.
2: <laughs> we don't want warm kegs. Uh, uh
1: no i can't wait to, can't wait to come to your house and drink that up
2: oh uh, mm. so we're drinking beer again and like i said kind of reminiscing we started that that was one of the original ideas for the show is we opened up with drinking a beer kind of describing it talking about what we liked and it was all mostly microbrews. that's kind of what we like local stuff if we can get it and then just uh i don't know i don't know what it was rico i just kind of got out of hand i guess and i was kind of Tapering down for a little while. Uh, uh-huh. And I just cut out, you know, cut out beer altogether. But I'm sorta of back on it now. Drink a little bit. Definitely don't overdo it. But we don't really do it as a segment anymore, but we certainly can. Going forward, we can just bring it up. You know, if you've got something new and interesting, you can talk about it. Alright. You guys want to stroll through some past episodes? We can we got two pretty long interviews that we need to play, so that's a good forty five minutes of um content. But I think before we get to the first interview, there's a couple that that really stick out to me. And the first one, Rico, is of course the Livewire. You know, yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, and and how cool was that? Three episodes in, we got to ride Harley's Livewire. We had pictures, video, you know, the GoPro. We talked yeah. about it, and and that's kind of that kind of solved one of the problems that I had. We're well, not really a problem, but sorry, it um, it met one of the goals rather for the podcast, which was. You know, I was sort of dropping hobbies left and right with the little kids, and motorcycling is one of the few that I held on to, but I wanted to get more involved, and and from a community aspect, get more involved talking to other riders, talking to manufacturers, just getting to know all the bikes, riding more bikes. And so, yeah, you and I kicked off the podcast, and three episodes in, we're riding the live wire. (laughs) It was awesome.
1: Yeah. Prototype, no less. Yeah,
2: prototype. You know? Yep. Yeah, that was cool. So not really much more to say about the Livewire other than we hope Harley makes it. Again, I'll make my plea. Please bring the darn thing to market. And I, I will say again, Victory, thank you <laughs> for bringing the impulse yeah. TT.
1: Right? So, yeah, Victory's got the electric. They got cruisers. They got baggers and touring now. So they got like a full mm. lineup. And Victory. So oh, to, to plug Livewire a little bit, so the next – Uh, event that they have September 20th in uh, Loveland, Colorado. So if you want to get out there Friday through, I'm sorry, Friday, September 18th through Sunday, September 20th, Livewire will be out there. So Friday, September 25th through Sunday, September 27th, they'll be in Houston, Texas. So if you want to get a chance to ride that, get out
2: that way. You could only get this if you rode Project Livewire and sent a tweet afterward. So this is like a, I mean, it's it's just a little sticker and a keychain, but the only way you get that is if you rode the bike. So how cool is that? Cool. And you got a t-shirt, I believe, right? Well, the t-shirt I bought. <laughs> but you, <could> only, you <laughs> can only buy it that day. Like, they don't sell them in dealerships or anything. Which I found out when I went up to York because... We went to the assembly factory, and not a, a lick of merchandise for Livewire. Nothing to be what? found. Nothing. I think you mentioned that in that I show. Did. We did. and I was just as angry then as I am now. <laughs> so, yeah, Livewire was awesome. We kind of dig electric bikes. Um, Victory might get my money on a couple of fronts if Harley doesn't step it up. You know, my, my obviously my affliction here for the electric bikes, but also their Magnum is still singing to me, and they keep teasing me with these little brochures yes. in the mail like hey end of year sale 2500 off and right. i keep getting little things like that all right so the next like that big time what's that i said yeah if you go out to their website they're plugging that big time yeah and that's not bad 2500 dollars off they're still they were cheaper than a street glide to begin with so extra money is even better Nope. Yep. all right so Next good episode, well, they're, they're all good. That was my problem. Is I, I tried to narrow it down to like a half dozen or whatever. Um, but the problem is I like them all. Like when I was doing the the little um, montage, it's like, well, I'm going to do just, I don't know, 15 seconds, right? 20 seconds from each episode. So I do the first one and I'm, I'm at a minute. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. But I think the next standout for us was episode six. And that was... The Indian Scout ride, which was your first taste of an Indian cruiser bagger, and mine as well, riding the Chieftain. But we sort of followed the Scout for a while. We were excited to see that. It was an all-new bike um, from Indian, going to compete yep. pretty hard with the, the Sportster. And it was fun to ride that. But I think this set the wheels in motion for your purchase, wouldn't you say, ultimately? I, y- yes. Yeah, it did.
1: It did. And I think I just fell in love with the brand. And I think uh, uh, Polaris has done a very good job with this, with uh, bringing this bike back, and um, you know the the quality of what they're doing with these bikes is par none, bar none. I would say, yep. and um, you can't go wrong, especially with uh, Lloyd doing all the performance to a lot of the bikes too if you want to do any aftermarket work to these things you're it's easy to find some improvements if you need them and it's just all the chrome that you get with this bike is just yeah it's just and, awesome and like
2: we said the the indian strikes a balance between you know it has the heritage you know they draw from their heritage like harley does but they were able to take a step from that a little bit because you know it was sort of like starting anew with polaris right so they're able to, right. you know, have an all new motor, you know, sort of do a clean sheet motor, you know, where like we've talked before, you know, Harley's a little bit stuck with the heritage and they have to just keep slowly evolving uh, to sort of keep the base happy. Yeah. So I, I think Indian had an advantage there, and it looks like it's paying off, certainly in the market. It is, and you know,
1: it's funny. Is well, in my last ride here, there was a brand new 2016 Street Glide on one of my rides, and. Um, you know, I had him started up, and we can see the engine. We talked about this a little bit. We saw the engine kind of vibrating in place. Yeah. And rocking I started and mine up, and, yeah, rocking and rolling. And uh, we started mine up, and it was just as smooth as silk. You know, it was just no vibration and everything. And that's the difference. And I think Carly, you know, we talked about this as, you know, tweaking their motor so it's a lot smoother i know on your bike it's a, a way lot smoother but on some of yeah. the touring bikes it they still struggle with some of that uh, vibration and hopefully they'll they'll fix that
2: well like i said mine is balanced um like yours and i'm not sure how indian does it but i believe the the twin cam 96b that i have i believe there's two uh counterbalancers uh fore and aft on that so you know a fair amount of metal slinging around in there to do that but you know, it's a small performance hit for comfort.
1: Mm-hmm. And it makes a big difference.
2: It does. I was going to say, maybe we, when we have that sit down with um, the guys over at Indian, we can, you know, get the details on what they use for balancing out.
1: Yeah, because i like to know. I, th- I know that their, mo- their motor is mounted to the frame and all, but, um, you know, hopefully Harley can uh, make some tweaks to their bikes to make it a lot smoother.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean... It depends on your, I guess, it depends on your taste, right? So if you're if you're more old school, you want that rock and roll, and you want the engine rumbling around in there. And you know, there's a lot of guys that won't ride a soft tail because they don't want the B motor. You know, they don't want to be they want whatever performance hit you get for having the balance counterbalancers. They just they don't want it. So it's a choice. And um, you know, I said it before. We'll say it again. I'm glad Indian is here. I'm glad they're doing well. That's good for Indian buyers. It's good for Harley buyers. It's good for everybody. And that's my story. I'm sticking to it.
1: And the best <laughs> Indian dealership to go to is the one in Charlotte in Gastonia. That's the best one so far. The um, salespeople there, mainly my boy Aaron Smith, is on par. And uh, you go in there; he'll take care of you as soon as you walk through the door until to, to you end your purchase. You're trying to get accessories or
2: something? I'm trying to get a. I'm trying to get a T-shirt. Just trying to hear you. <laughs> Uh, All right, moving forward. So a couple episodes, we can roll forward. We got together as a group, and John was with us at this time. So this is now episode 11. And we attended the Easy Rider show in Charlotte, which was kind of our first little perk, if you will, for the show. I did reach out to Easy Riders at the time, told them we wanted to cover the event, and they passed over a few tickets, which was really, really cool. And we had a great time. We interviewed some people in person. And I've reached out to the two people that Rico and I both interviewed first, and we were able to contact Smith from Morton's Custom Cycle, and we brought him back for a little uh, a little recap. So um, did you want to say anything more about Easy Ride, or Rico, before we get into the segment?
1: Nothing that sticks out right now, but uh, Smith was an awesome guy to kind of talk to, and he's uh, in the grind of doing a lot of the custom painting and, and, and modification to a lot of these bikes so um it was good to kind of catch it with him and see what's going on what's new uh, with painting and um we'll uh
2: catch a lot of that in interv- the interview here let's call up smith at morton's custom cycle and let's chat with him all right, let's see 704 Custom Smith. Smith, it's Rich. How are you? Hey, doing
4: good.
2: Yeah, so we're we're kind of rolling along. This is actually our one year celebration. I know we've kind of emailed a few times, but mm-hmm. we thought we'd take an opportunity to catch up with you and see, you know, what you guys got going on at the shop, or you know, what things you might have coming up that you want to talk about. And and since this was technically Rico or you were technically Rico's first, that's why we're we're kind of pulling you in for our our celebration. Well, I
4: appreciate that. I, I don't think I recall being the first interview. How would you say that, interviewee?
2: You didn't. You didn't feel like the first one.
4: Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I felt like he had done that several times.
2: Awesome. At yeah. least
4: once. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we had done we had done a few shows uh, remotely, but it was kind of the first time we went out with our equipment and try, you know tried to talk to people sort of live, yeah. if you will. Yeah.
4: Well, very awesome. So you guys cool. did a good job. Are you guys going to be back um, this coming year?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the plan for sure.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Very good. So you got, we, some uh, new, you got some new bikes you're bringing this year?
4: Uh, we may. Um, I think we might bring that Nomad that we've got that we just finished up recently. We did a big wheel conversion on it and did our pipes on that one. Um, we haven't had it out as far as a show or anything. Um, we, we also have a new line of uh, exhaust pipes for the Yamaha Bolt. Um, that's like a, a 950 Yamaha that, that's kind of competing in the class at the Harley Davidson Sportsters.
2: Nice. Okay. Um,
4: They've got to pick up their business for that 48, so we, we've got a couple products for it that, that's, that's new this year.
1: Cool. Is that that uh, M Trick uh, exhaust you're talking about?
4: Yep, it is the M Trick exhaust. Yep, we, what we got for um, that Yamaha bolt is like a scrambler type exhaust. It's a high mount, comes up and, and runs real high on the motor, doesn't go down low. I'm um, also kind of replicated the the cheese grate kind of um, heat shields on it. Um, it looks really good when the exhaust is black and the heat shields chrome. It gives a good contrast.
2: Nice, nice, nice. stuff.
4: Just added it. I just added it last, uh, I guess, the beginning of this week on a website, so you can actually pull up and see that new Yamaha bolt exhaust on the website.
2: So you guys are fabricating that in house, then?
4: Yeah, yeah. All all the all the triple trees and the exhausts are done here.
2: Nice. Yeah, that was my question on the triple trees. Those things look fantastic, and I didn't didn't realize you were making them all in-house. That's great.
4: Yes, we do have some new ones um, for this year. Uh, Victory's got um, what they call a wide series. It's kind of like their wide glide front ends. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't remember exactly which ones they are, but we've we've got some new ones for the wider front ends. I know the the new Victory Gunner is considered a wide glide style front end, so we've actually got seven-degree trees for a lot of new Victories now.
1: Very nice. Right. Yeah, does, that, just, does that does yeah. that does that change the rake at all on the bike?
4: It it does. It pushes it out anywhere from about four to six inches. Um, and we we include um, fork extensions on it to kind of raise everything up and put the rake and trail back to where where it was, or, or at least close so it's manageable, so you can still actually ride the bike. Mm-hmm.
2: Cool, good stuff. So so you're dipping into Victory and and obviously Yamaha with the Bolt. You guys do anything with Indian?
4: Uh, we we are we're actually talking to a, an Indian company. Um, I, I won't give out any names or anything, but talking to those guys as far as just trying to trying to get our hands on a couple. Um, he he's new to the business and and wants to wants to offer us up two to three so we can kind of bring in and prototype them. So yes, we we are in the works of working that in into what we do.
2: Well, I think I I kind of know somebody who may have bought a new Indian. We can hook you up with too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: That yeah. that would be awesome too, because we could go that route. Um, we we do that a lot of times with with good customers um, yeah. that know somebody just like you said. Um, send them in, talk to us. What we'll do is, you know, we can we can use their motorcycle for a little while as long as they'll allow us. To make a couple parts, and uh, they may get some some free products, and and then they may get some really deep discounts on you know all the other products that we do on it. So yeah, it, it's it's a win win for both both us and the customer that we bring in a bike like that.
2: Cool. I'll bring it right over.
4: Come on, bring it. I'm telling you, we get started on it.
2: Yeah, he's the one. He, Rico picked up uh, a yeah. big roadmaster this summer.
4: Oh, wow, yes. You need to come visit with us, please. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes.
2: Now, he did, he did desert me a little bit. He kind of moved out west a tad, but we, we can snake him over this way.
4: Yeah, please.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll have to send you some pictures of it. The only yeah. thing I've, the
1: only thing I've done with it so far, I put a, um, I put a Lloyd's um, uh, air cleaner kit on it and some um, Reinhardt exhaust pipes. Okay,
4: Reinhard makes a good product, very good product. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So yeah. that's the only thing I've done to
2: it. Well, come on, you've done a lot of chrome and feathers, yeah. and you put speakers yeah. in, that, in the bag. Well, well, that too, that too. Oh, all right. <laughs> awesome so when i when i called yesterday smith they said they had you locked up in the paint room so what have you guys been working on in the in the paint realm
4: we do a little bit of everything um the last couple paint jobs that i've done i actually right now what i was finishing up was an, uh, a gentleman brought me some parts for an old gs 1100 um he he's owned it since it was new and uh he he bought some new side covers that did look better and he wanted it painted to match you know the black that he's got on it um did some killer uh free fire um, last week on a, uh, well, kind of a Kawasaki Mean Streak slash mm-hmm. uh, Suzuki Marauder in 0- 0405. They were kind of the same motorcycle, but did uh, did some nice candy blue artwork, um, did some marble, and then went back over the top um, with some light blue real fire and a tribal kind of smoky look. It, it looks really, really nice. Hoping to have some pictures of it in the next week or two, trying to do some changes on the website. Kind of update a little bit, so we got some of our new stuff on there.
2: Yeah, definitely. We're looking forward to those pictures, and, and we'll certainly share those once they come out. we you know, we did that for our, the Easy Rider show. We put some links and photos out there. But yeah, anything you've got cool going on, we'll certainly link to that.
4: Very good, very good. One of the uh, one of the cooler ones that I've done here in the past couple of months, we did a gentleman. He had a I was O one to O four O five um, heritage. Um, he did a hard bag conversion and we actually took where we do that hydrostatic process, we actually dipped the whole motorcycle so that it looked carbon fiber mm. and then oh, went nice. back and put in like he had ran through an American flag. So it had it's carbon fiber with American flag ripped and draped across the whole motorcycle. It turned out amazing.
1: Cool. You gotta send some pictures of that. So tell me a little bit more about the hydrostatic painting. How how's how does that differ from that hydrostatic?
4: Right? That hydrostatic process is it's it's another step in in any painter's arsenal if they would take the step and, and kind of learn how to do it. Basically, you you prep your your part the same way you you prime it, you base coat it, you get it ready, and and then what what happens in the hydrostatic part is you actually it comes in a print, it comes in like it comes on like a a PVA type film, so it, it's actually printed and. The best way to think of it is it, it's artwork that's just been airbrushed on that film because once you have put it in the water, you put it in your tank, it uses the water as a mobile to kind of wrap around the part that you're pushing it into. The plastic disappears into the water. It dissolves, and it leaves the ink on the top. So when you submerge your part, the water forces the ink to wrap around the part. So that ink adheres to your fresh base coat. So it's basically the same thing as if I handed it to a guy and had him airbrush it. Uh-huh. It just doesn't take as long and it doesn't cost near as much. Mm. And then basically, mm-hmm. once once it's rinsed off, we, you know, you clear over that and you can you can candy it, you can tape over it, make graphics out of it. Um, it's a really neat process and helps save a lot of money on a custom paintwork.
1: Wow, interesting. So I guess you, you you have to really develop your skill in dipping those parts into that film then.
4: You, you do. You have to know. You have. You know. You have to have proper angle. You have to have proper speed. Um, there's a lot of variables that that can that can mess with with what you're doing. It's also good to be kind of handy with an airbrush. A lot of times when you when you pull it back out, there Touch might be a slight imperfection. Yep, yeah. you can fix it.
2: So do you have a lot of interesting parts laying around that you've experimented, or is it easy to sort of? take it off and we dip it again. yeah we've
4: got we've got a bunch of parts here that we keep that we kind of when we go to shows and stuff we, we kind of take with us so we can kind of show the difference you know in this and that but one of the things that you guys probably don't even know you know when you're in your vehicle and you've got a carbon fiber dash or you've got a marble dash or a wood grain dash or something along those lines
1: yeah, it's like a film that
4: is actually <laughs> done with that process Oh really? That, yeah, it's it's not real marble. It's not real wood grain. It's done with that hydrostatic process.
1: Cool. So uh, you know, I got a couple parts um, that I would like to have that a wood grain texture film put on. So well,
4: we can we can we can we can take care of you that. I mean, really, we we do that constantly all the time. Um, the vat stays on pretty much twenty four seven.
2: Cool road trip. All right. Road trip for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not much of a trip for me, but, you know, yeah, it goes for, for a me. couple hours. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it take me about hour, about two and a half hours to get there. Yeah. yeah. It's not too bad.
2: It'd be a yeah. lunch, lunch break for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. So what's, what's the going cost for, like, that M-Trig exhaust and big air kit that you got? Uh, and, what, and, what kind of, and what kind of horsepower that's putting out?
4: Now, your M-Trick exhausts normally run right around five ninety five. plus if you want heat shields, it's another $89. Um, the big air kits range from bike to bike as far as which ones you can actually use. Um, they're going to range anywhere from uh, about $80 up to $200 to almost $300, depending on the motorcycle you're riding.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, horsepower gains is going to be... Anywhere from and I, I, some of them sound low. Some of them are two horsepower, and we have had some that, that's produced almost 15. Mm-hmm. Um, a Yamaha Raider. We actually um, sent it back up to um, Cobra, and, and they put it on their, their dyno, and, and it, it actually produced about 15 horses. On the more on the bolt than, than what it had. No, this this was on the, uh, the Yamaha Raider. Oh, the Raider. We okay. we do several exhausts. We probably do 20 to 25 exhaust for. 20 to 25 motorcycles.
2: Nice. I mean, there, yeah. there's
4: several different ones we do. We do Hondas, uh, Furies, the VT, all the VTXs, um, a lot of the Kawasaki's we do exhaust for. So, I mean, we, we, do a, we do a lot of work. The triple trees are the same way. We're across the board, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki.
2: And you do a few Harleys too. Let's not leave them out.
4: <laughs> well, we 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 do Harleys as far as one-off exhaust work here. Yeah. Um, the triple trees, not so much. Um, everybody's got that market. It's so flooded. Right, right. It's not. It's not profitable for us to even try to to reach into that market.
1: Right, right. So, uh, are there any events at the shop that you may have or going to? Uh, you know, because we're maybe like we would like to come up and visit.
3: Ah,
4: we don't. We kind of. We kind of stay to ourselves. We'll go out to the bigger ones. We don't put on anything ourselves. I know probably 15 years ago we used to do a chili cook-off here at the shop. <laughs> um, we've, we've kind of thrown that around again about maybe bringing that back up. Um, but but nothing in the works. We'll, we'll visit some, some shows that you guys frequent. Um, if you guys haven't been to, like, the the Blue Ridge Bike Fest, that's a good one. Um, we, we went a couple years ago to that, and that, that's that's very very nice up there. Man, where was it? I don't even remember exactly where it was. It was up toward.
2: That's not like Maggie Valley area, is it?
4: It's not Maggie Valley. No, it's up uh, Blue Ridge Parkway.
2: John's our our technical guy. He'll fit, he'll find it.
4: <laughs> I'm drawing a blank.
2: It's in Roanoke.
4: That's exactly yes. I could not think of it. I was mm. I had the R, but that was about it.
2: That's about four hours, right?
4: Yeah, that, that that's a that's a good one that we've we've ventured out to a couple times.
2: Cool.
3: When's that next show, John? It'd be next uh I would guess April Rico, because uh it was April tenth through the twelfth of twenty fifteen. So
2: Oh okay. Well we'll have to pin that on the calendar. We're we're still kind of putting our plans together, but we kinda of like the idea of the Vintage Bike Fest this year down in uh Birmingham. So
4: Yeah. Yeah, that would be a very interesting one to to attend.
2: Yeah. And they say uh we talked to the guys at Modus, and they say it's very well attended and very well represented across you know the motorcycle community it's not just vintage bike and sport bike guys they said it's, it's a little bit of everything so that's good
4: i think i think that stems from everybody that's that's on whatever type of motorcycle they're on at one time or other has had an older one right and, and absolutely yeah. they love those vintage style motorcycles
2: oh yeah yeah and I, I can't wait to see the the race of the century when they they race the hundred year old bikes that'll be fun yeah Awesome. So easy riders this year. And so hopefully we'll, you know, we'll catch up with you guys there. And, and like I said, you're not really doing events at the shop, but maybe we can drop in at some point and, and check out some of those techniques. That, that sounds cool. And I know Rico's just drooling to get his bike yeah. tuned up. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. I, I would love for you guys to drop in and see what we're doing. You know, I, I could kind of go through the process. We could have some parts to dip and kind of show you that and, and talk to you a little bit about the, the pipe bending machine and, and how that works and, Nice. Uh, there's a couple interesting little projects in here. One of the mechanics has a—he's uh, got a smart car. He's putting a CBR1000 engine in.
2: Uh, it's kind of been—it's
4: kind of been a project just set to the <laughs> side for the last couple years, but he, he's making a little little progress here and there. We're so busy, it, it's hard to jump on it and stay on
1: it. Right, right. Wow, that's cool. Got to see that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, good stuff. Yeah, it is. All right, so Rico, off to you. Any, uh, any final thoughts here while we've got the painter extraordinaire from Morton's on the line?
1: You know, as I sit here and I think about all the techniques of, in painting and everything, I just just envisioned my roadmaster dipped and <laughs> cussed them all out. So we definitely got to make a road trip up to Morton's. For sure.
4: There you go.
2: Awesome. Well, Smith, once again, thanks for, for joining us. We're, we're going to continue celebrating here this evening with our beverages and and we'll we'll be looking forward to more uh, great stuff from you guys.
4: Very good. I appreciate you guys calling us.
2: All right. Thanks a lot. Take right. care.
4: Good luck. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir.
2: That was cool. So, yeah, like I said, through the power of the internet, we were able to call up Smith again from Morton's Custom Cycle, and just a, a great guy to talk with. And we knew that from the first time we spoke with him at um, these rider show. But you know, just getting the little second check in with him, we're definitely going to check those guys out again, and maybe we'll have some cool audio and video to bring uh, our listeners in the future. All right. Yeah. So we'll take a road trip for sure when I come back out that way. All right. So m- moving along, the the next one I had called out before we get to the sort of the big interview with, with Alex is um, uh, episode 15. So that was victory demo ride that I did. And unfortunately I wasn't with Rico. Boo. Yeah, I know. And it's, that's the thing, man. It's so much more fun when, the two of us, yeah. or all three of us, even better, get out to an event and, you know, especially with, with the audio and video, right? If you're going to do a demo ride, it's hard to shoot video, try to record and keep things straight and ride the bike and soak that in. It's just, it's so much yeah. more fun with two people, at least. It is. It
1: is. Yeah, and I was. So, be, being our uh, technical director, you you might have to start holding your camera and a microphone when we huh? go to these things. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: Not like I keep you guys straightened up already, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, we we need you to uh, broaden your horizon a little bit. Well, you remember that that backpack he had at the Easy Rider show? I mean, we had gear shoved in yeah. that thing.
1: I uh, know, right? <laughs> yeah, funny I was a
3: was pack mule sitting there carrying everything around.
2: I mean, we We're took in the backpack. The funny thing is, we, we
1: fed you. We fed you, okay? Yeah, we fed you. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah,
2: I know. But the funny thing was, we basically used the Tascam recorder. But we brought like two extra mics, three cables, a handheld camcorder, the GoPro. It was like I mean we had enough <laughs> we had enough gear to shoot a motion picture. I know. And we man. used one piece of equipment. <laughs> we used the, the entire time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you know, it's learning Le- learning curve,
2: you know. And whatever. And plus the bag was full of uh, business cards and magnets and everything that we picked up from the show, we shoved in there and pretty soon, you know, John was doing pretty good, but then after a while you see him like this is like, he's leaning back he's walking on a tilt <laughs> yeah, he's walking a little slower, he's like alright, it's time to go yet yeah, good time, yeah, thank, big thanks John, I appreciate you coming down to Charlotte for that that was a big help, that was awesome, that was not, awesome. Not, a problem, not a problem so, back to what I was saying about 15 so, I got a chance to ride bunch of Victory motorcycles at a demo day up here in in the Concord area. And I think it's called Ride Now Power Sports, I think is the name of the company, if I've got that right. But they do Indian and Victory as well. And the nice thing was, it was a midweek ride. So I got to basically just go right down the list. Um, I mainly went there for the Magnum, but I rode the cross-country, cross-country eight ball, so it was all blacked out. Also got to ride... A couple different magnums so the regular magnum one in a nest color special nest color there was a bright green one with ape hangers on it and then of course the bad boy the magnum x1 and what a ride and and this to me maybe i look back on this in the future if i end up buying one but yeah this really opened my eyes to victory and you know what a bike that that magnum is just a phenomenal bike to ride and I, I kind of scoffed at the the touring bikes originally. You remember, Rico, we were talking. It's like, yeah. I don't want that much bike cruising around town. And then, especially after riding that uh, Magnum X1, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could ride this bad boy around town a little bit.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Those what's awesome about the victories? They put out a ton of horsepower. They
2: do. That 106 is killing it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get to the, they're in Charlotte this weekend for drag racing. I wanted to get up there tomorrow if I can. Uh, for the eliminations so that might be fun yeah so if you find yourself out cruising around you know you've got four hours to kill (laughs) you can drive (laughs) to charlotte and back (laughs) yeah why not so yeah not i mean not a lot to talk about with the episode but just for me personally it was awesome to ride the victory bikes um all the magnums i i didn't get a chance to get on the gunner or the other uh, i think it's the eight balls the other one i wanted to ride but i just kind of ran out of time but I did get four four nice test rides on the Magnum and the one cross country. Nice, nice, nice. A nice day. Hmm. All right. So we now cruise forward to, I guess our our marquee interview, if you will. We found this app. I'm trying to remember when it was. It was somewhere in the early spring, and we come across this app called Eat Sleep Ride, and it turns out not only is it a a social motorcycle app for sharing your rides and, and finding friends and sort of logging your ride and stuff like that. It also had this sort of um, crash protection thing built in. So it's called crash light and it can alert people in an emergency situation. You know, if you were to crash your motorcycle, let's say you're riding alone, then, you know, family and friends would be alerted to that. And then of course they could, they could send some help. And so we reached out to the company and for me, it kind of started as a, just a general feedback. I said, well, The Apple Watch was upon us, and I said, hey, you're going to be supporting Apple Watch because I like the app, but I always forget to start it. It'd be nice to have the watch. You know, you kind of get all your gear on, and you start riding, and then you just reach down your watch and and start the recorder. And then, so I got good feedback from them, and they were like, yeah, you know, we'll we'll submit the feedback. We can't say anything now. And I thought, well, you know what? This would make a great topic for the show. And it was like, yeah, because... We're all in technology. We ride motorcycles. This is like, this is perfect for us, right? Mm-hmm. And reach exactly. reach out to them, and sure enough, they were like, "Yep, we'll uh, we'll have someone call you." And and it turns out the um, president and CTO, we got him on the show, and it was awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. In that first interview, it just after we we did that, I was like, "Man, this is so much fun." And and of course, a longer story about the podcast. We sort of went on to sort of. Try to make it into a little business as well. But yeah, that was really kind of the, the the Kickstarter, if you will, for thinking about doing this more as a as a gig instead of just a hobby.
1: Yeah, it's been a fun year, bruh.
2: It sure has. It has. Yep. And I'm glad we get, we finally sort of got off the pot, if you will. You remember the end of August, first part of September where we're like, okay, we gotta record and then we recorded and we didn't like it and we did it again and then we yeah. did it. <laughs> And we sort of hemmed and hawed, and finally, I had edited enough, and, you know, September 11th, I was just, I remember we did something in the morning, and I was just sitting around, and I was like, Rico, we're posting it today. It's going live.
1: Yep. So, September 11th, last year, was our first episode. Yep. Yeah, 2014 was our first episode, and and to that, um, just this past September 11th, I took a huge motorcycle ride with a group of eight guys up to the mountains so we'll talk about that more in our next episode but you know you know that ride commemorates our one year anniversary for me
2: nice very nice So
1: i'll have a lot and what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna have the guys that i rode with that day kind of come on the show and maybe we can do some live recording with them as far as the experience, some lessons learned, what we do, what will we do differently type of thing. So yeah. stay tuned for that in the next episode.
2: Yeah, we, we certainly learned from preparing for the anniversary show that trying to set up a live recording is a lot more work than we had envisioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll try to do it with these guys. We'll try to do a live sort of roundtable style, um, not really an interview, but just like a like a biker's round table if you will right and you we can hash the ride that you guys had what we're planning we can all share experiences and you know close calls and best rides and things like that so that should be a good time we'll try to do that here somewhere in charlotte yeah and it was nice is we
1: got a new rider that was uh with us that to get his kind of uh, um, perspective on the ride and how we did it and why we did what we did, it's going to be kind of neat to kind of hear. So I I can't wait to hear what he has to say.
2: Awesome. So fellas, if you're ready, um, without further ado, we got Alex Crooks on for a second time and he came back, gave us an update on what's going on at Eat, Sleep, Ride. We talked bikes and riding and what was, (laughs) we set out to do about a 15 minute segment. Um, Ended up being more like 40 minutes and we, we were able to to cut it down to a nice half hour. So let's uh, head on over and listen to that now. Okay, so we are continuing on with our one-year anniversary celebration, and as we discussed, we're kind of reminiscing about the first year, all the good times we've had, the good rides, and we decided to bring back one of our favorite interviews, and that is the president and CTO, or as he calls himself, the, the chief coder at Eat, Sleep, Ride. We have Alex Crooks again. How are you, Alex?
0: Hey, I'm great, thanks. Nice to be back.
2: Yeah, we're kind of catching up here in advance of our, our weekend recording, so not so much into the beer, but Rico might have something in his cup, may, may or may not.
1: A cognac.
0: <laughs> well, if it helps, I'm on English time. It's after midday there, so I'm okay for a bit.
2: Oh, well, in that case, I'm going to go get a pint.
0: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but an English pint, they're slightly larger.
2: That's right. Nice. That's right. Nice. So, yeah, we thought we'd we'd take an opportunity here and catch up with you on all the happenings that Eat, Sleep, Ride. We know you've had a busy summer, and I've I've had a near-miss as well, so we could kibitz about that stuff a bit. But um, if you don't mind, let's start a little bit with Eat, Sleep, Ride. What's going on with that lately?
0: Sure. Um, Lots and lots happening. Um, Lots of very uninteresting stuff, so behind the scenes we're making it uh, more robust, more scalable, faster, and that's always an ongoing process with any software project. But the things I think... Your readers will be most interested in is on the ios side um we're very shortly about to release some apple watch support for the five people out there who actually bought the apple watch nice um it's actually <laughs> kind of cool i mean i have i've used it a number of times you put your phone in your pocket you forget to turn on ride record and well you can now do that from your watch which we think is kind of much easier to access you know even with your gloves on so um you know, we think that's a slightly, uh, slightly improved meta for people, and it's something we've had people asking us for. But I guess the real big news is we've actually recently released our Android client. So we now are able to welcome the 80% of the rest of the world that use smartphones to, uh, to our platform.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Well, since you mentioned Android, we'll let John join the party here.
3: Hey, Alex. Hey, how you doing? Having a good day. Good.
2: We were holding him hostage until you <laughs> – Keeping him quiet.
0: Yeah. Is that – you loosen the bag strings and he kind of pops out. Yeah. I have this mental image. I'm sorry.
2: That's what we do when we're on, at an event too. It's like he's packed, or packed up with this backpack full of gear and stuff. It's kind of funny.
0: All I can think of now is that Pulp Fiction scene bring up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs> oh, is it something about great minds or is it just perverted ones i'm not sure absolutely no.
2: yeah. <laughs> well that's cool so so eat sleep ride on android that's a big step and i don't know you know in turn obviously the population is can be much bigger than ios but what was the, the development cycle like on that was that more challenging than ios or along the same lines
0: no it's significantly more challenging i mean the challenge is very different um iOS, it was the first real big software project we did. There was a lot of learning about how to get organized on mobile and and, and kind of work in a very much more event-driven operating system. Um, Android itself, the challenge is that there are something like 5,500 devices in market. And, in fact, I'm sure (laughs) that is actually outnumbered right now. Whereas with iOS, you're dealing with maybe five so, you know, there's a lot more testing that goes into it, you know, the the crash testing, um, you know, making sure that crash light testing, I should say, um, you know, making sure that things render on all the different permutations of screens. It's very, very difficult. Um, and we actually, to be fair, we did launch the platform for Android about eight weeks ago now, but we're only just sort of started, we're only really just starting to actually share that with the world because we wanted to release it softly, get a lot of feedback and we've got a lot of feedback. We've got a lot of great improvements that we're to, are going to be included very shortly.
2: Very good. Yeah, I know John, John passed over a tester and, and Rico and I are both on iOS, but we, um, I guess we, we'll be your bleeding edge. Cause I upgraded to iOS nine the second it came out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was on iOS nine, two months before it came out. Um, I actually like it a lot. It seems to be great with, uh, with what we're doing. Um, battery life does generally seem to be better. And, uh, from my perspective, if your phone can run it, it's definitely a good upgrade.
2: Yeah. It, it wasn't bad. I used it. We talked about it in a prior show. I had ESR running for probably 400 miles one day, three three to 400 miles. It was a pretty long day. And I, I maybe stopped at like one or two like rest stops and just put a little reserve battery in the phone. But I still ended up at home with uh, like 20% battery. It was pretty good.
0: Awesome. That, that's great. to know. I mean, 400 miles for most riders that we see on our platform is actually a pretty long day. There's not that many riders that, are, that, that actually will do 400 miles in a day. So, you know, that's great news. I mean, for everyone else, that yeah. there are people that do ride further. And for people that want to kind of spend, you know, literally 12 hours in a saddle, we do recommend one of the battery packs that are out there. They make some really nice case-shaped ones that Add a few grams to your phone, but they really do give you all day usage.
2: Yeah, it was good. this is mostly highway too, so it's easy to it's easy to pile them up when you're just going straight. Sure. sure. <laughs> and he does a lot of stopping too, Alex. Don't let him fool you. <laughs>
0: I think it's his bladder, though,
2: right? He's got that problem, is that He does. He's got that small bladder syndrome. It's a lot of pausing of the app. <laughs> pause, record, pause, record. Say,
0: is that the fact you also drinking the beer on the bike, right? I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it, beverage in, beverage out.
0: Exactly. It's a
2: camel pack.
0: <laughs>
2: Alex is never going to ride with us. He's going to be like, uh-uh, no, no sir. Way. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if you'll keep up, but, you know, I don't want to throw that out there as a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seriously, we have to ride at some point. Um, I think we may be down your way towards the end of September. I've got to check my days, but I think we're planning on heading down towards the Carolinas, which is where I believe you guys are, right?
2: Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we we might have to pop in and say hi. I'm I'm not sure if that's on the cards yet, but uh, we're hoping to for sure.
1: And I move closer to the mountains, too, so I got all the nice riding out this way now.
0: Uh, d- d- please, I live in Ontario. All our best rides are in New York and Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, no, we just did the Little Switzerland and uh, the Diamondback and the Devil's Whip. I mean, it's all back in our backyard, so it's nice.
0: Awesome. Uh, listen, are those on our platform? Have you recorded them and shared them with, uh,
1: with the community? No. God, I don't please! Want to, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want anybody to ride
2: my roads. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you can just maybe share it with me. Oh,
2: okay, well, you can. Sure. Well, Rika, you, you can create the route without riding it. Mm-hmm. You can build it out and just share it. Yeah, I
1: will. And, and um, there's a nice. Um, well, we'll talk about it offline, but it's, it's a bunch <laughs> of there's like there's like 99 roads we can ride and nice loops just once there's a couple of straightaways that are just very twisty it's just a bunch of them. and I, you know what's sad is we were right in little switzerland and all these roads were like in like miles of each other that we could have rode and just missed but uh with me being so close you know hour and a half away i definitely got to go back out there
0: exactly i mean you need a reason to go back to the great places right and that sounds like it's there it.
1: yeah
2: And what was the site? It was like greatroads.com. That's where you you found a whole bunch of them. And then after they finished the ride, Alex, it was like they started looking at the map. And they're like, holy cow, there's like half a dozen like top 10 incredible roads. And they were right here. (laughs) Yep.
0: Awesome. Awesome. See, this is is why I need to come visit you guys. That's right. Yeah.
2: Cool. Well, let's see. One more more tidbit I had on, on ESR was the dashboard. That seems to be well-received, and, and when I was making my 1,600-mile my trip, I had fun moving up the board. That was pretty neat. So are you getting good feedback on that one?
0: Yeah, we are. I mean, it's something that we probably you know, should have done some time ago. Um, in retrospect, it's a fairly obvious thing to do is to allow mm-hmm. people to kind of see who's riding and not riding and you know, kind of in some ways kind of shame you into doing more of it. That's what we want to do as eSleep Riders. We want to see more motorcycles out there on the road. We want to see them riding more often. And if this is one way we can contribute to that, then, you know, we're all for it. Um, it's basically it's a feature that's slated to go into the next release of the Android platform too. So all those Androids are, are, currently can't use that feature, but um, their rides currently are still being logged. They just don't simply have access to the data right now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the data changes when they come on board, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, you just the diversity of riders has got to increase exponentially once you get into that population, I would imagine.
0: Well, we hope so. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the more riders that come on board, the more diversity we're going to see. And and, and that's something we're working on, is, is how to capture and leverage that diversity. You're going to see, as I say, a, a bunch of changes over the next probably six months or so that really kind of Turn the platform into riding for you. Um, It'll encourage you to ride with your friends. It'll give you, you know, kind of. um, I don't want to say too much, but uh, we do want to encourage you to ride, and we've got a number of ideas about how we can do that.
2: Yeah, it's like the the gamification of anything, right? If you put some sort of token or reward or challenge in, then people seem to seem to sort of eat that up.
0: Well, I mean, that's right. I mean, gamification is a word that kind of got thrown around as as the, the hot word of of the day a few years ago but it's an excellent way of of getting people to engage and if you're going to go out riding anyway, and you you need another reason most of us don't but sometimes we do um, (laughs) then you know I I say bring it on as I say I've been very interested and shamed myself to see just how far down the leaderboard I am I I thought I rode a lot but apparently I don't
1: no I'm looking at the board now and no you don't (laughs) (laughs)
0: You know what? This is a, this is the problem. I spend all my time coding instead of riding. <laughs> and that's why I'm going to Pennsylvania next week. I'm going to get some riding miles in.
2: Awesome. There you go. Well, I was going to say I've got one enhancement request, and this is a pretty big one. If you can figure it out, but that that nasty four letter word that everyone needs is more time. So if you can get some more time out of the app, that would be great. I, I'd, I'd ride all day. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: are looking for a way to turn the day into 28 hours, but unfortunately we're meeting with a lot of resistance right
2: now. <laughs> it's a little yeah. challenging, yeah.
0: It is, it is. Laws of physics being what they are, it's tough.
2: All right, Rico, Um, did you have, well, I guess I'll, I'll let you go on the app. Did you have other things there?
1: Any or what updates to the Crashlight app? Any new functionality that you may have with it? Uh, improvements as far as, you know, I think w- there was um, some, uh, I wouldn't say concerns, but some some uh, sensitivity around the vibration, having it on the bars and such. Have we mitigated (laughs) some of that?
2: Well, that was me. I was supposed to test (laughs) it, remember? (laughs) It's not just
0: you. Um, What we have found, this is one of the reasons with Android that we released the client very quietly. Uh, We didn't want to get a huge glut in there and kind of disappoint people. Um, We have found that V2M riders especially seem to be subject to false alarms. Um, and I know a couple of you guys, at least I know, right uh, twins, right? You're Harley guys and, and whatnot. Um, and it does seem to be that there is definitely some noise around that. Now, the good news is we do have some logging in there. Um, we're starting to understand why, and we believe we will have a fix for that very shortly. So that is always, with every release we do, priority number one. How well does it work? How many of those false alarms can we actually turn off?
1: Yep. Yeah. Any false alarm as far as like forgetting that you have your phone in your pocket and just throwing your jacket on the sofa Would that cause it to?
0: Go no, on? It wouldn't. No, you throwing your jacket on the sofa should, unless you're actually running around the house very very quickly should never actually trigger it. Oh,
2: cool. Because you weren't moving fast enough to begin with, right?
0: That's part of it. Yes, yes. I mean, we, we, obviously, I mean, if you're not moving, it's very difficult to have a motorcycle crash. I mean, you can be hit from behind, but. Um, you know, the, the, that's, that's reasonably rare. Hmm. But as I say, we're always looking for feedback. If, if anyone is having trouble with false attacks, if, uh, well, first of all, we do get notifications, we log those actions so we can see what's going on. It's logged anonymously, um, so, you know, there's no prejudice against anything happening. Right. But it's always helpful if you do see something that shouldn't be happening. Just drop us a line at feedback at eSleepRide.com. We, uh, we love to get those, uh, those responses from people.
2: Well, Enrico went and bought himself a nice, smooth uh, Indian Roadmaster, so he doesn't have to worry about vibration. (laughs) Not not at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's like the lazy boy of the road, isn't
1: it? It it is a lazy boy of the road. It's that
0: comfortable.
1: It is. And, you know, after, because I just did 1,200 miles to Atlanta and then up to little Switzerland uh, uh, in a week's time. And um, I got back from Little Switzerland, and I didn't want to come home. I wanted to ride another four hours. That's how comfortable this bike is.
0: Right? Awesome. That is, that is a very, very good endorsement indeed.
2: And it handles well, too. I mean, he was going through the tail of the dragon with guys on BMW touring bikes and some other um, yeah. Harley Street Glide. He you know, he really was much better than that one because I think you said he was dragging corners a lot Yep. or dragging uh, floorboards a lot.
1: Yep. yep. Awesome. It was nice. Got a real nice liang on on this bike, which
2: is nice. Awesome. As long as the
0: hard parts don't grind off too much, right?
1: That's right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, yeah, so crash light, that's probably a good segue. So I had a a pretty scary near-miss this summer, and we talked about that an episode or two ago. And I know you had a little spill with the Triumph. Did did you ever get to the bottom of that um, steering lock issue, or was that part of the recall that they announced?
0: Um, you know what? I haven't. Um, so just to recap for anyone that hasn't seen the story or <laughs> seen on the site, um, I basically jumped on my bike, put the key in the ignition, rode off from work, which involves making a 90 degree left turn into the way home, basically. Um, and about 50 yards up the road, the front wheel appeared to lock and, uh, basically threw me off on the right hand side um
2: oh so it was the front wheel not the steering column or not the steering head
0: okay so this is the thing um when i crashed it felt exactly like a front end tuck like basically mm-hmm. the brakes are bound and there's nowhere for the traction to go so the front wheel slips and goes down hmm. i mean if anyone's ever been on the track they've probably felt the same sort of crash
2: that's somewhere. In, in the dirt for sure yeah
0: now, as we got the bike up, took a look at it. You know, we got a tow truck driver out because it was unrideable. Because the minute we got it upright, we realized the steering was jammed. Hmm. Uh, it was jammed all the way to the right. And the reason the steering column kind of got into this whole thing is there is a bent bracket around where the steering lock is. It's, at this point, still not clear as to whether the crash was caused by this bent bracket or whether the bent bracket was caused by the crash, and indeed whether the crash was caused by the brakes or not. Hmm. Um, it looks to me at this point, because I was riding straight, that the mechanics I've been dealing with at my dealership are of the opinion that the fault does lie with the braking system. Okay. Now, this is very strange. Um, the road service itself is Ontario roads, which, to be frank, are basically full of potholes, but... <laughs> this particular stretch isn't that bad. Yes, there's a construction site next to it. Yeah. But, you know, if the tarmac is a little bit cracked and there's no major potholes and all you've got at best on the road is maybe a little bit of surface dust and you're traveling at 30 kilometers an hour, you don't take to your brakes to bind, right? Even yeah. Even if you're touching the brakes with full ABS on, which is what my Triumph does have, there's no way that front brake should be locking up and throwing me off. And the guy behind me in the car literally said, you were riding along and all of a sudden you're lying down. It's a very strange situation. Now, the bike's been into the dealership. Um, They said the bracket's not a problem. They could bend it straight back. It's not going to impact the bike in any way, shape, or form. Um, And they can also find no problem with the braking system. So it's a mystery at this point and we've actually through the dealership pushed it back up to Triumph and we're just waiting for them to respond and see what they say.
2: Wow. So is that is that um is that Triumph's own braking system or do they use like Bosch for ABS? Do you know?
0: My, honestly I couldn't say. Um I I can't even remember what the front braking system on mine is. I think it's a Nissan Caliper. Okay. And like most, it probably is a Bosch ABS system. But there are many, many versions of that. Um, I know it's not the cornering ABS. My bike's too old for that. Um, no. So it may be a slightly older system. But again, I mean, I've, I've, I've ridden this bike in all sorts of conditions, on all sorts of terrain. And the ABS has never been anything other than flawless. In fact, it very rarely kicks in unless you really grab a fistful, yeah, so for something like this to happen in, in my experience, it's just wow, it's
2: just baffling because yeah I,
0: I'd like to stress we merely suspect the ABS. it could be anything else, I mean, we really simply don't know at this point,
2: huh, just a mystery then that's that's uh always unsettling, I guess, until you really know what it was, you're just kind of left wondering and and worrying, I guess
0: well, I mean, yeah. I've done probably a thousand kilometers since on the bike you know a few trips around town the same trip as i normally do every day because it happened as i left work and it's kind of every time i throw a leg over the bike now i'm thinking is this going to happen again but uh, i mean a few days after it happened i actually i mean i was out in um, the catskills with a bmw s1000xr i was thinking the same thing there um, and it, it's kind of it has shaken me a little bit in terms of well if i'm riding slow is the ABS going to bind on and it's stupid but you know, it's one of those things. You crash; it's always at the back of your mind for a little while, right? Yep. I'm sure it won't keep me for long, though.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I think I shared a, sec- a little bit ago. I had a, a near miss this summer, and you know, the the psychological part of an accident or or even a, a near miss, you know, is it, pretty big. Even if there's no physical injury, like you know, you had a little scuffing of the your riding pants and stuff like that. But overall, you know, unhurt, right, for the most part.
0: For sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it does leave its scars. I mean, in my case, I banged my shoulder up a little bit. It was sore for a couple of weeks. But, yeah. it's, I mean, I, I thought I got the classic kind of hero injury where you separate the ligaments in your shoulder. but That's not the case. Mm. Um, no, I have the all clear, and there's no lasting effects. It's just purely psychological.
2: So an, another interesting thing about the app is Rico and I were looking at the data of my incident after the fact. So you can see, and mine happened right after a major intersection, so you see the bike accelerate up to speed, and then it slows a little bit, and then you see the speed just drop off to nothing. You know, and then it comes back. You know, after I, I clear the incident, but it was it was pretty interesting to see that. And I'm curious to know if you can get like G forces or anything from that, like under the hood, because I did I locked up the brakes a couple times, and it was probably inches of of getting smacked by a car. So it was interesting data to look at after the after the fact.
0: So we do part of what we do for Crashlight and for indeed every ride that's actually recorded is we are actually logging things like accelerations, we're logging like rotation rates. Um so yeah, we could absolutely analyze that. And and part of the goal in the future is to actually apply some machine learning to that data. So right now, um road record is, is sorry, Crashlight is the result of things we've learned by analysing existing rides, so existing crashes that we know about, normal riding, what we want to do is to turn into a much more adaptive system such that if you do have that near-miss, it's able to tell you. Hmm. Um, And more than that, if you ride aggressively on the brakes, aggressively on the throttle... You know, we can potentially say, you know what, you might want to lighten up, especially in corner entry because, you know, that's kind of dangerous, right?
2: Right. Yeah, you're entering a corner really hot and you're using a, a lot of braking to get slowed down. You're not leaving much room for error.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, part of that is it's much more difficult to do because it, it really depends on the brake, uh, the, the bike itself. For example, you're, you're Indian. The way you head into a corner is very different to the way you do it, say, on an R1. Right. You know, you've got a lot more stopping pair at the front on an R1 and because of the geometry, it can turn much more sharply. But, you know, part of our goal is to be able to try and share some of that data with riders. We hope to make riders better and, and safer.
2: Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, anything that, that can come out of that data, you know, certainly would be helpful. It was, It was just neat even to just see the speed differential of, you know, like I said, you leave the intersection, you know, you're up to speed and then it just drops off. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Right, right in the middle of the road. You're like, hmm, shouldn't be stopping there. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: We always see the miles per hour too, I think, wouldn't we?
2: Yeah, speed. Yep. Speed and position. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And lean angle, still a, still a challenge from what I can tell?
0: Le- lean angle is a real challenge. Um, we're actually measuring the lean angle of the phone, which, depending on where you carry it, has a problem. How do you actively calculate that? Yeah. I mean, the phone can be at any orientation. So it's, and it moves during riding as well if you're leaning, if you're leaning for, further forward. So we have a challenge. How do we measure the lean angle of the bike as distinct from the rider, as distinct from the phone? Um, again, we have some ideas about how we can do that, but it, it is, it's a continuing problem. It's probably like the, so the fourth thing we look at with every release is how can we improve this? We look at the data that comes back in, and again, we hope to do more around this with machine learning.
2: Okay, very good. All right, so uh, let's see. I had one more little quick thing just in terms of the the spill. So, um, could you share what what gear it is you use? And I know that stuff seemed to have held up well, even though it was relatively low speed. But you know, I guess why do you pick that particular gear? And now you know you've seen it's it's paid off. You would recommend like those pants and jacket for sure
0: sure uh well i mean uh let's start with the upwards um i was actually wearing sneakers which i never normally recommend on the road i would normally ride boots but it was a pretty hot day and i was wearing a pair of adidas sneakers um (laughs) not my first choice but it was a reasonably slow speed um wouldn't particularly want to crash in them again but there's nothing really in the way there um same thing with the pants. I was wearing a, a reasonably heavy pair of denim pants, which is what I'd normally wear anyway, um, because it was slow speed to Helder. But anything faster than that, anything more in the city, I would be wearing a pair of ballistic nylon. It's really the jacket, the gloves and the helm. I think, that, that's kind of the most important, especially in the city. The jacket was a Clem. Uh, uh, I can't remember which one it is. And I actually picked it not so much for its armor rating or its durability, but the fact it's Gore-Tex. So most of my gear is actually Gore-Tex because I'm one of those idiots that doesn't care about the weather and doesn't want to have to care about the weather. Um, I don't care. I don't want to look at the weather and say, "Okay, well it's going to rain this afternoon. Should I? Shouldn't I? I just want to go." Um, But you know, it was fantastic. I mean, my right arm and especially my right upper arm actually took the brunt of um the impact um i have a very small scuffing on the sleeve and the d20 padding which is actually in the elbow and the shoulder definitely seemed to help Um, i was sore i was bruised um possibly because i sized the jacket i'd be wearing a sweater under it because it doesn't have a uh, liner so it moved a little um but again i mean i would if I crashed in anything else, I would have had much more road rash than I had, even at that speed.
2: Good to know, yeah. Yeah.
0: My, my gloves, I was wearing a brand new pair of Knox Handroids. Um, I hate to normally drop uh, product recommendations, <laughs> but they are. I, 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 I'm i not paid by these guys, but they really should. I mean, I've crashed a few times in Knox Handroids, especially on the track. They are absolutely superb. They are quite probably the best pair of riding gloves I've ever, ever had. Um, they feel great, the lures really comfortable palm went down on the floor and there's this like little scaphoid um, slider on the palm that took the full force of everything you can't even see scuff marks on the leather, it's awesome oh, um, so, so
1: no more long showers for you then, huh? I'm sorry? <laughs> so no long showers
2: recently?
0: <laughs> I try not to take showers anyway, I'm a dirty biker remember
2: yeah, I'm hardcore, only, only as needed
0: exactly yeah but no i mean i mean i've always been of the opinion that you know one should be as at get as possible um and and i stand by that you know these days since since my crash and and in fact normally i'd even be wearing cad jeans and a pair uh, of three-quarter boots
2: yeah i'm both of the same opinion here like the particular day i was riding Rico and i were actually headed to the uh, porsche world roadshow experience and it it was probably 40 minutes from the house. Plus I was going a little longer to meet him and, and I was pretty well geared up compared to what I normally ride. And that just got me thinking like, yeah, that just needs to be my, my de facto. When I get on the bike, it needs to be all that every time I go. For
0: sure. I mean, the countess, I mean, I can understand the people who don't. I mean, right now in Toronto, it's kind of mid to high twenties every day. It's beautiful sunshine. And I see a bunch of people out riding with shorts and t-shirts and I think I even saw one guy wearing flip-flops the other day. <laughs> yeah,
3: but
2: I saw that
0: singling, too. Right? And, like and a- I can kind of understand it. I mean, it's sometimes nice you, to get that breeze around you and you're wearing all your out at- get gear and traffic and you're baking hot. But all it takes is that one time. And if yep. you go down wearing that singlet, then, you know, you, you have no arm skin left, let's face it. Mm-hmm. Right?
2: Yeah, it's a pretty big recovery. You know, like you said, even at, you know, a couple of 30 kilometers that – you know, you go down with a t-shirt and flip flops, that's going to be a much different recovery than just a little bum shoulder.
0: Oh, well, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah.
2: Awesome. So I just have one, one more quick one and I know you've, you've got places to be as do we, um, any either riding or racing plans for the rest of the the summer? What little bit we've got left and on into the fall.
0: Yeah. Well, we, I mean, Pennsylvania next week, it's a kind of a full tradition we've done for the past few years. We head down towards Wellsboro state college, I have some fantastic riding around there. They really are. And, of course, again, yeah, the trees are starting to change. It's, it's so beautiful. And then uh, the other one we're hoping to do is to head down to your neck of the woods, the Carolinas, maybe take in the dragon and, you know, some of the lesser known roads around now, which is why I'm going to tap you up for them. Yep. Um, <laughs> again, it's, it's, I mean, it's a part of the world I, I absolutely love and I've not been to now for about two, three years. So I just figure I'm due to go back. Very good. I don't know about you, but you kind of get to the end of summer and you look at the odometer on your bike and you go, I have plans. And you right. try and travel them all into those like these, dec- that decent month of fall, Right. And, yeah. and that's what that's, that's how I ride anyway.
2: I'm on record officially as saying I was going to do, I think it was 5,000 on the deuce. And I think I'm, A good bit short yet, so
0: yeah, (laughs) that's correct. It's
2: going to be a busy fall.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my my goal this year was uh, was to do at least twelve thousand kilometers, and I'm a long way short of that.
2: Mm. Yeah. So you need to ride all the way to Birmingham for the Vintage Fest.
0: Uh, You know what? I I keep meaning to head down that way anyway. I I mean, I don't don't like the humidity, but uh, the food down in the south is just superb. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there isn't Eat in the name of my website, too, for a reason, right? Yeah,
2: there's a reason to Eat is first. (laughs) 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 Awesome. So uh, any any racing? uh, Was that kind of a a short stint hobby for you or got any of that planned?
0: You know what? That was just an opportunity that came up. I mean, racing is something I would love to do, but it takes such an amount of time um, and effort to dedicate yourself to it that it's just not practical for me at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's the one thing I, I would love to do more than pretty much anything else is to get out and spend more track time. Cool. I keep telling myself I'm going to buy a track bike and, you know, especially like some of the, the, the new three hundreds that are coming out they're They're awesome yeah. little machines.
2: Yeah. yeah they are in flex. Well, if we, if we can line it up, I don't know if we'll happen, have it ready this year, but we've been talking, we have an in studio, uh, simulator for iRacing so we were going to have guests all turn, you know, do like a ten lap stint at that Charlotte or whatever, and we'll have our own little Top Gear style leaderboard.
0: <laughs> Sign me up! Sign me up for it. Yeah, yeah, I'll do
2: that. All right. Well, we appreciate the the visit here. We're like I said, we're going to move on and continue celebrating our anniversary, and probably crack another beer or two.
0: Awesome. Well, um, it's great to be here, and I'll be joining you a little bit later on with that beer. We'll have to virtually, you know, change glasses or something, but uh, I'll be there. Don't worry.
2: Awesome virtual raising. Yeah. Awesome. Super.
0: And congratulations, guys! Great work.
2: Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Have a have a great one.
0: Thanks, Check Alex. Bye now.
2: Wow, that was awesome! So, getting Alex on for a second time, like we said, was was kind of a special treat for us. That was one of our favorite interviews, I would say, of of the year, and. You know, I, w- I wasn't just pandering him. It was a lot of fun interviewing him the first time. I'm a I'm a user of the app. I log a lot of my rides. I subscribe to Crashlight. And we're even going to start using it to do some written, I don't know what you would call it, kind of like a blog, I guess. Some of our written content, I think, is going to go into Eat Sleep Ride instead of our site. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll link out to it accordingly. So looking forward to that. Yeah,
1: I'm excited about that part
3: yeah and I check in with a guy that uh I know that uses Android every now and then and he he's you know likes it and enjoys it, and I know he drives to work um i think it's like an hour drive for him. he rides his bike in
2: wow so yeah he's he's a good candidate for for something like Crashlight, especially you're commuting by yourself it's you know it's nice to have that you go down i mean certainly there'll be people around, but it's nice for yeah. people to know that right away. And I yeah. think
3: I sent you guys the video of that one day he was driving in and somebody in a left hand turn oh, cut yeah. him off and yeah, he, remember that? And yeah, he did a YouTube post and just land blasted it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh in fact he just bought a project bike. I found out I can't remember what he bought.
2: Mm. Is, he, he, a Honda. is he one of the guys that we're gonna have on or no? No, I probably could I could probably arrange something with him. Okay. We've still got um I forget the gentleman's name, but we're just no Marcus for you, but the guy who wrote in the the tall rider, so we've still got an episode coming up where we're going to have a a guy who's what six Marcus is six nine, you said
3: yeah, no, Marcus is six nine
2: yeah, so we're going to have him talk about what he bought and how he went through the, the purchasing process and and see if we can help out the person who wrote in and so if that if, if you're still listening, apologize, I forgot the name, but you know we've got an episode coming up for you. yeah, we do awesome. So yeah, there's that brings us through episode nineteen into twenty. Twenty of course was Modus. Um, Rico was down in Birmingham, got to sit down with Lee Khan, which was fantastic, and and then we kind of round out the summer. We had some good riding to talk about. Rico bought a bike, which was awesome. All right, and I had a you know I had a near at a long ride, then I had a near miss, and and now f- of course the anniversary. So just a a big thanks to you guys, John and and Rico. It's you know, we do this as a hobby mostly, and other than, you know, getting some feedback from people that listen, there's, you know, there's really not a lot of glory in, in putting out a podcast, so, so my hat's off, and much appreciation for uh, what you guys do.
3: Yeah, it's been a great yeah, time helping out you guys, and it's always
1: been fun. Oh, yeah, every day is an adventure.
2: All right, now I know John joined us a little bit after we got started, Rico, but I, um, he won't tell me exactly, but I understand John's got some news to share, so I'm I'm going to give him the floor a little bit and and have him talk about his excitement that's been happening lately.
3: Yeah, so so, Rich and I talked about it. Uh, he has an idea, but um, I went car shopping with a wife and we went out and test drove some cars. And well, I don't know how I want to play this off, but Rico, I hate to tell you, but there was no Ford in the picture.
1: No
2: Ford in the picture. No Ford in the picture. I was as surprised as you. He. He calls me up and it's like, wow. he's like, I'm eliminating cars. And he's like, the focus is out. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And furthermore, there's no Fords. And I'm like, don't tell me. I'm like, save that for the show. <laughs> yes.
1: In, Say in it fact, out loud.
2: There is no
3: American car in the list or was in the list. Wow.
2: And yeah. No,
1: no V8? Nowhere?
2: No V8. Nope. Not even, a, not even a V, if I'm, my guesses are even close.
3: Yeah, yeah. Would you like me probably a little slung? I have my phone here ready for a YouTube video, and I can play the sound of the engine that uh, I found online if you want.
1: Oh, wow. Well, yeah. yeah, let's see if we can guess what it is.
2: <laughs> Ooh. All right, send me the link so I can play it from here. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's
3: going to break it, Rich. You're going to figure out what it is then.
1: Uh,
2: oh, that's true. That's true.
3: Yeah. Uh, let's see. W- would you like me to give, like give you the
1: list what, of the what, cards? What, what's, what's, what's the first letter in the, in the Oh No, wait.
2: How about this? Give us the contenders. Give us the last three. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What were the okay. last three cars before you whittled it down to one?
3: Okay. So, so amazingly, it went down to the, um, and I'm taking notes. The Volkswagen Golf GTI four
1: door. Wow. Okay. Nice. Didn't know you were going there. Uh, the Subaru BRZ. Oh, very nice. I was thinking
2: that was my guess. First guess. Yep.
3: Yep. yep. And then a Subaru WRX. Ooh. Really? Yes. That was the. Three contenders. Wow. Ooh. As I said, we, we went around, and in fact, uh, we test drove. We went to uh, CarMax, sat in a Focus ST, kind of was like, eh, this isn't for us. It wasn't what we expected from EcoBoost day. And uh, we went around. We walked to restaurant, CarMax, sat in a Camaro. Uh, I know Rich is a big Chevrolet fan, and I have a... Uh, 2004 Malibu, been an awesome car. Um, but here I get in this Camaro, and then if you drop thirty thousand dollars, and you looked around the gear shift, and it looks like a cheap piece of plastic.
2: Yeah, I don't know, Mike. yeah. yeah and I'm like, yeah. And sorry, I was going to say, John. So be, before you unveil, yes, sir. Let me let me give people a little history, <laughs> just in case there's there's like for, you know someone hasn't listened prior. So John started his car searching, if I'm not mistaken, with a Charger.
3: That is yeah. co- that was correct. There was a yep. charger,
2: and we talked him up to the Hemi because he said, "Well, the V6 is okay." And we're like, "No, no, 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 sir. The gentleman's charger has got to be a V8." Yes, and then you got on the Focus ST kick, right?
3: Yeah, pretty much. It was it was it was um a lot of it was due to trying to keep it within the budget, and and the v 8s you know, the Charger, the Challenger, yeah. the Mustangs just the Mustang. were out of what we wanted to pay.
2: Yeah, so we tried, or at least I tried, talking to you out of the Focus ST, and I'm like, "We'll just get the Mustang EcoBoost and be done with it." And then,
3: yeah, so 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 I'll get so as we're going along, and I'll get to that. We Natalie and I, and I said that to Nat, I Says, "You know, if I buy the Mustang, it's got to be a GT," and I couldn't explain it. Well, she nailed it on the head after we test drove it. We test drove it, went to the salesman, and walked into the the sales dealership and. And we went to four deal, four different dealerships over two days. Um, mm-hmm. The four dealership was the worst experience. Uh, the wow. salesman was pretty much, we told him we weren't buying today, and he really didn't care about trying to sell us anything. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't even take our name or contact information. Wow. Just like, yep, yep. So we took an EcoBoost Mustang out. Um, There's just a base. It wasn't a premium. It was low end. And, uh we drove it, and we get back, and and I said to Natalie, I said, uh I said, what do you think? She says, I'll tell you when we get in the car. And I'm like, okay. So we go out to the car and get in. I says, what well, she she goes, it didn't have the rumble.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I told you, John's That girl cool.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm like, that is the problem why I couldn't do it. And she goes, now I understand. And she goes, and, and I thought, if you go read about Ford, they were supposed to do a symposium to kind of simulate the V8 noise. I didn't hear any of it. Mm. Um, so, so kind of go more along the test driving the Golf GTI. We test drove that car. It was a. I took out the S model and drove it, and it was a pretty sweet little ride. Uh, it was a six speed, and the this is we get back to the dealership, and Nelly goes i want to take one out for a drive wow she wants to drive it so she got to drive the autobahn more automatic one so okay anyways um so there's our list of the cars i mean i sat in a charger at the car max and the challenger and and rich i have to agree that the you know like you said with the camaro and the charger or the challenger you know it's hard to see out of yeah they're big cars visibility is terrible Visibility and just everything. So there's our list. I can, If you want me to go into more details, I can give you more. If you want to save it, we can save it. But if you want to guess, be my guess. Come on, spill it.
2: <laughs> well,
3: guess. Uh, well, Rich, I can't let you guess because you, you probably.
2: Well, given the lineup or given the stack, my the odds would be in my favor to pick one of the Subarus, but um, I'll, I'll let Rico wager a guess as well.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking the uh, the WRX.
2: Okay, Rich. Well, I'll abstain. I have a a tad more information than Rico. (laughs) Yeah,
3: he does. Uh, Rico, you are right. Yeah, yeah. So, out in the driveway currently sits a 2016 Pearl White WRX.
2: I say, hold on, Subaru.com. Nice. I'm going.
3: Nice. Dealership was awesome. We bought it Tuesday. In fact, wow,
1: mm, you're mm, loving it mm. so far, but
3: but I will tell you something: the BRZ is a blast to drive as well. It's a the they had a limited version of that just to kind of hype the car up a little bit or talk about it. So I drove it out with the the salesman. He goes okay, we can go all together because you know they got to go, and I'm like, okay, mm, you can fit in the back seat. Yeah, I've done it before. So he looks in the back seat and he just looks at it and he's like, I'm like, how about you take me out and then you can take Nelly out because it was a manual so she can ride in it. Okay. So I took it out, blast, and Natalie came back and he took her out. She comes back and she goes, "What?" I said to her, what did you think? And she goes, yeah, the WRX, you will get in too much trouble with that car. <laughs> and she goes, in fact, I would get in trouble
2: with that car. That's awesome. So so wait, it's... So, did yeah. you say, did you get a manual?
3: It is a six speed manual. Oh, what?
2: Sweet. Even
1: better. Chings. Sweet.
2: So
3: currently it does to give everybody a thing, it's a two-liter turbo boxer engine, uh, two hundred and sixty horse sixty eight horsepower, two hundred and fifty eight foot pounds of torque, all wheel drive.
2: Oh. Mm, mm, mm.
3: All wheel drive. Amen. Currently, Currently, it's in a break-in period, and that's the recommendation is not go over 4,000 RPMs with it. Mm. It is so hard for this car not to go over 4,000 RPMs. I can imagine. It is just ready to take off and fly. It's a lovely car, awesome car to drive. So if we are going to um, Birmingham, yeah. The chase car will be a WRX. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it will be following you guys, and
2: so we can go to we can go to the Modus Block Party, and we can have John drive us back to the hotel.
1: There you go. That's what I was thinking.
3: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun car. Um, as you heard, the the rumble inside, and oh yeah, the other kicker is is that the WRX has just or has more rumble. From the four-cylinder than the EcoBoost Mustang has. Shut so, up! Really? I mean, the interior. You hear the engine just purr. It's it's ready to go.
2: Quad pipes. Look at that.
3: Yeah. I
1: know. I'm digging it.
2: So send yeah. send me the link now that now that you've spilled it, and I'll I'll pipe it back into the show. All right. And is that a is that a stock one that you were playing, or was that a?
3: Yeah, it's a stock. Um, oops, sorry, that's the wrong one. It's a stock. Uh, in fact, it's a guy. Um, it's a car dealership, so you need to go to about thirty-four seconds of the video. Okay. Um, it's the boxer engine. It's turbo. It's it's a you know some of the I'd say some of the amenities isn't as up to standard as some of the like the Focus ST has. Right. But I mean the boxer engine, how how much it sits.
2: But this thing is. I mean, this car is so cool. looking. I'm, I'm, I can't stop looking at it, and it's crystal, yeah. crystal pearl white. Right. That's the color. Yeah.
3: Yep. Um, in fact, the, the day I bought it, there was another gentleman in there. The dealership was hopping the day we were in there. Um, they can't keep them. Subarus are very in high demand. The they had the, the dealership had um, two white ones and a black Limited, and pretty much the Limited has, um, uh, has leather interior, mine's cloth. Um, but there was two white ones in the dealership when we first went. When I went and bought it Tuesday, um, they sold the other white one first thing that morning. And the differences is, is that they did, um, on the other white, one they did some STI upgrades to it, they had a sports shifter in it, uh, wheels, some other shifting knob, some, some, some little upgrades that are like $4,000. Mine's pretty much the base. It's, uh, the four options that I got added was it has tinted windows, wheel locks, um, nitrous in the tires and, uh, all weather mats. Nice. So you got the black black wheels. Um, they're kind of like a silver. There's there's okay. kind of a kind of a dark silver. It's whatever the stock is. All right. um, when like I that. went to start talking to the salesman to buy it, they were about ready to. they were taking the STI wheels hmm. from the other from the other must, from the other Subaru. Subaru and put on this one. And I said, if I buy today. Um, if you guys want I'm posting the pictures of the car in the document nice yeah so it's a, it's a really awesome car um, it has a moonroof I mean it's just ready to go I, was, I I was over to my brother's house tonight and I was coming back and it's just hauling down I mean it's just so well balanced and so much fun to drive cool so. well congratulations brother thanks man
2: did I hear that right? You got STI wheels on it? No. Oh, okay.
3: They they, they were going to put the STI wheels on it, um, but I didn't want it because there's like a $1,200 upgrade.
2: Hmm. Well, you can get any kind of wheel, I guess, at this point.
3: Yeah, and kind of to let you know as well,
2: the tires
3: under are summer performance tires. <laughs> that's
2: fine. We don't get any rain anyway. I mean, we don't get any snow hardly in the winter.
3: Right. Yeah, so that's... One of those things. So there's pictures in the document f- for you guys to. That I took the other day at work, and so yes, it's a it's a fun little
1: car. Awesome, awesome, awesome! I'm looking at the interior on this
2: thing, and it's sweet. I'm digging it. I love yeah. the grill, even though the wheels that are on it are nice.
3: Yeah, they're they're really nice wheels. They're like about four hour wheels. I really, I mean, people have shown. Really love the wheels; they're they're nice. super did a really nice job. I mean, you get inside the car and it's a thump. You know, it's really, you know, people say, "Well, there's road noise, there's a lot of wind noise." Well, yeah, there is, but you also got the engine noise, and it's just mm. you know, yeah. yeah, just ready to go. And uh I was looking at during the show here tonight the the spec on it says the uh boost on the turbo because it is a you know it's turbo and it's um. The stock they say is the boost is fifteen point nine pounds. Um the documentation lies because I've I've done on myself up to twenty one pounds.
1: Nice. Really?
3: And I hmm. haven't I haven't cranked it out. The peak performance is between twenty five hundred to five thousand RPMs, I think, where it's at. I mean, it's just ready to just, it's ready to go.
2: It's got good good low end torque then.
3: I mean it's just ready to I mean, I'm just sitting down the road driving, and it's. I have to be careful. We were out mm-hmm. the other night driving around the neighborhood. I almost thought I got pulled. Was going to get pulled over because I was. was ride <laughs> riding with me, and I'm just kind of <laughs> flopping around something. I saw this. I thought it might have been an unmarked cop car, and I was like, "Crap!"
2: Well, and mm-hmm. and that's in the breaking period. Imagine when you get, you know, when you get uh, to no. let the let it eat a little bit.
3: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch out! Yeah, she she rides nice. It's. it's and and the funny thing is, is, if you go look at the specs of the wheelbase and the car interior, it's, you know, I have a 2004 Malibu right now, and this car is pretty much the same size. Hmm. Wow. So it's kind of, but Subaru did a really nice job. I'm really impressed with it. Oh, and going back to the guy I saw at the, the dealership that bought the other white WRX, as I was talking to him, as they're getting mine detailed and all cleaned up and everything, um, they were. In fact, selling. Um, they were buying the other one, and they have a 2014 WRX right now, and they were getting the 2016 and going to privately sell the tw- their 2014. Hmm, nice. Wow. And he's like, "You will love this car." Wow. So I mean, That's it's changed just, a lot. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have Subaru and have just they love them. They're they reliable, dependable. So so, anyways, there's my there's my toy for you guys. Wanted to share. As we awesome. talked about in the show and everything else. So
1: we, we Alabama, gotta see how, watch out. Yeah, we gotta see how well she does against the M three though.
2: Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well,
3: well, if you go look at the specs on it, um, I know your M three is an eight. Um, yeah. I mean I just know you have <laughs> more power. Zero 060 you, in this is five point two seconds, is what they got
1: all wheel drive though, so you
3: you yeah. really?
2: wait for wait for a wet day. And take him yeah. on.
3: Oh, I've gone around corners on highways, exit ramps, and this car just sits there and hugs it and it's just like let's go. Where do you want me to go?
2: Good stuff. Well, fellas, yeah. I think we uh I think we pretty much killed it for our anniversary show. Congrats, John, on the car. Fantastic. We had uh, Thanks guys. Had some good interviews tonight and we're looking forward to hopefully heading off to Birmingham in the next couple of weeks. And I don't know, I guess we'll do a quick little uh round table anything else rico
1: just another great episode <laughs> i guess you could say you know fun times
2: good times were had for sure yeah yeah
1: yeah i'm just approaching uh, finishing my second beer here i think it's right on time for two hours looks like we're hitting the mark now so whoever's listening to this uh podcast this time around, this anniversary <laughs> show is quite long and hopefully you listen <laughs> to work and back and maybe out to the grocery store and back.
2: <laughs> right. And uh
1: and, and enjoy it and enjoying it as much as we are recording it. So thanks for listening this long.
2: All right, John. Final uh, final words. No, I think we've covered everything
3: tonight. It's been a great show um i could have nailed it on the head i was going to say it was going to be a two-hour
2: show um, oh, you did. yeah you called it
3: i i mean i had this news i've been itching to tell you guys and thanks i know i didn't want to run our episode our anniversary show but it's kind of one of these things i've been itching to tell you guys and
1: yeah i'm kind of glad you held off from telling us because wow what a surprise and I'm, I'm so thrilled for you bro
3: yeah it's it was a as a car that came out of nowhere um it was kind of on the list a little bit but uh everything got marked off and we went and drove it and one of the dealers the first time we drove it I came back and I had this fin grin on my face and now he's like yeah, yeah this is Just this is the, the one kid. and she awesome. likes it and everything else and the funny thing is she can't drive it yet
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: she doesn't know how to drive the manual mm. nice
2: topics for another show right yep. yeah awesome well thanks again gentlemen like I said um, I could do this show alone I guess but it, I'm sure it wouldn't be near as entertaining Um, or as informative or as much fun and you know just my hats off to you and and to the listeners as well so you know again we enjoy we enjoy reading the feedback and just knowing that people are out there listening and we kind of like the interaction so yeah my a big thanks out to the listeners as well for the people who are on meerkat live as well as the people who download the podcast we appreciate uh every listen and and if you like it by all means tell your friends and I'll just throw my usual reminders out here that uh, show notes for this episode uh, can be found at loudpipes.net slash 27. There you'll find images of John's car, probably some links to people we spoke with this evening, um, and various other uh, links on anything that we talked about. You'll also find links there to subscribe to the show if you're a frequenter of iTunes, Stitcher Radio. There's a link there for One Click Android. Um, you also find our social media links on the page header Star ratings and reviews on iTunes are a great way to help the show, or any format uh, for that matter. Uh, if you're a Stitcher listener, um, you know star rating or a review there is is much appreciated and just a good way to help promote the show. We do ask, though, if you feel it's less than five stars, drop us a line at feedback at rdubstudios.com or click our feedback link on the website. And that is rdubstudios.com or loudpipes.net. Um, I guess that's it, Rico. Kickstands up. Or did you go to sleep? Roll
1: out, mm-hmm. roll out.
2: <laughs> All right, roll out. John slammed that door. Thanks, everyone. We had a great time here for our one-year anniversary. Looking forward to the next episode, probably in about two weeks. Take care. Chapila. Man, I don't have it.
1: <laughs> That's why I said it, baby.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Insert> it later. <laughs> has been an RW studio production check us out at rdubstudios.com itunes or stitcher radio